podcast a podcast about music health wellness and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness i'm your host jazzy piggott a tuba player composer certified personal trainer writer educator and podcaster based in baltimore maryland with my new intermittent co-host andre thacker i'm a band director tubist pianist composer arranger and runner based in pembroke north carolina Today, we'll be discussing cognitive reframing. So one really interesting thing that happened today, actually this happened last night. So Duke and Michigan State played basketball. And you know, both Jazzy and I, we went to Michigan State. Um, we both got our masters there. But I've been a Duke fan for over a decade. So whenever Duke plays, my emotions are into it and Michigan State, Duke, that was a great game last night. So after the game, by the way, Duke won. I had a lot of trouble falling asleep because my emotions were still just all over the place. So today I had to practice <laughs> cognitive reframing on, hey, you know what? Even though I am sleep deprived, Duke did win last night. And I'm a huge Duke fan. So yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Cognitive reframing. <laughs> well, I don't know what that is technically cognitive reframing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Focusing on the victory over the fact that I'm sleep deprived. But anyway. I mean, those are two unrelated things, though, because the victory happened regardless of whether or not you were sleep deprived. Yeah, but I'm going to focus on. The fact that Duke won last night. Okay. So <laughs> cognitive reframing is actually a technique that is used to shift your mindset so you're able to look at a situation, person, or relationship from a slightly different perspective. And while you can do this with a therapist, you can often or you should practice this on your own at home. It's been something I've been working on a lot recently with my therapist um, in curing depression, which I talked about in last episode. Absolutely. This is something I've worked on with my, with my therapist as well. Benefits. Cognitive restructuring can be used to treat a wide variety of conditions, including addiction, anxiety, chronic pain, depression, eating disorders, insomnia, pain disorders, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, social anxiety disorder, and stress. In addition to mental health con conditions, cognitive restructuring has been found to help people cope with caregiving, grief and loss, low self-esteem, positivity, and relationship issues. Also, specific benefits, growth mindset, problem-solving, emotional validation and acceptance, and showing compassion. Yeah, so let's dive into some of those specific benefits a little bit. So growth mindset, that was episodes 20 and 21, um, where it's having an attitude focused on growth, where every single opportunity is something that takes you to the next level, rather than kind of being stuck in a fixed position where you just believe you are where you are, and you don't want to move on from that. 
So reframing will help you to foster a growth mindset regularly. And then problem solving. It's easy to just kind of get into your own head when you're going through a problem. Um, and if you don't take the time to try to reframe things and see things from somebody else's perspective or another perspective that could be had, then it will be difficult to solve the problem. So by reframing and trying to see things from different perspectives, by figuring out like what could this potentially be, you will be able to better solve a lot of issues that you may have. And similarly, it helps with emotional validation and acceptance. So that basically means that you kind of acknowledge what you are feeling when you're feeling it. So if you're feeling sad about something, you're feeling sad about that thing. Maybe you shouldn't necessarily feel sad about that thing, but it's still an emotion that you are feeling in response to that thing. So reframing will help you understand and accept that I feel sad about this, even though I might not, or I should, there's a chance that I shouldn't be sad about this, but I do feel sad about it. And it tries to help you accept what you are feeling, but then think about it in a different way from a different feeling. And then finally, it can help you with showing compassion for others because it sets up empathy because you're trying to see things from other people's perspective and reframing situations in that way. The data. Certain studies have shown cognitive reframing was an effective way to manage anxiety and depression and enhance quality of life during the pandemic. Cognitive reframing helped those suffering with substance abuse disorders to experience less burnout and get better treatment results. Cognitive reframing was shown to help caregivers of those with dementia to reduce anxiety, stress, depression, and enhance communication and quality of life. And then in one study with those suffering from PTSD, cognitive reframing reduced symptoms and improved functioning. A 2014 study showed that reframing helped those who struggle from social anxiety reduce post-event processing, the overthinking that happens after social events. Yeah, so I just want to talk about that because having social anxiety, that overthinking that happened, um, reframing that and being like, you know what, maybe the fact that that person didn't look at me wasn't them hating me. That could have been that they just forgot to look at me. So. Yeah, different ways and, of thinking. Yeah, and just to kind of add on that, like as a teacher, you know, I at times have tendency to overthink and teaching every single day when a lesson doesn't go as planned, there are so many reasons why like that could have happened. Maybe the kids are having a bad day. Maybe it's a Monday and no one wants to be at school and the kids are just, they're tired, their heads aren't in it. You know, it, it's just, it's so tough. Just, But instead of overthinking it and thinking, man, it's all me. It's everything that I'm doing. I didn't show up good enough. Maybe saying, well, this could be multiple things. You know, like not just focusing on or overthinking what you could have done differently because it could have been multiple things that caused the lesson to not be as successful that day. Yeah. And then that's an example of just putting this into action, really, and trying to apply it to our daily lives. But before we get into 
putting it into action directly. Um, we want to talk about thought patterns or cognitive distortions that you should look out for to signal when is an opportunity to be reframing things. So the first of this is all or nothing thinking. So that's seeing situations in absolute terms. So believing that if this doesn't happen, nothing will happen and something like that. Like if I don't play this note right in this concert, the concert will tank. And that's kind of it. Blaming, attributing complex problems to a single cause. And again, that just kind of goes back to what I was saying before about, hey, if a lesson doesn't go well, it's, oh yeah, it's, everything is on me. And of course, you know, the teacher needs to take some responsibility, absolutely. But just because something doesn't go your way or it's not successful, it's not just one issue. It could be multiple things. And then next is catastrophizing. So that's always imagining the worst possible scenario that can happen in any situation. So I feel like everybody does this at some point where it's like, oh no, I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to trip and fall and embarrass myself and everything's going to fall apart. So if you're focused on that, that's a time to reframe. Yes. Discounting the positive, ignoring or discounting the good things that happen to you. Oh my goodness. Like the fact that the beginning of the year, none of my kids could play their instrument. Now they can you know, like that's an amazing thing for them, you know, but at times me just wanting the kids to be, <laughs> you know, at the highest level all the time. And when I say the kids, I'm talking about like my, <laughs> my band students, like discounting the amazing, th the, just the fact that they can play their instruments and that they're making progress. Discounting that is wrong. So, um, Focusing on the positive and the growth that they're experiencing is the right thing instead of them being perfect. Yeah, and similarly, that goes to mental filters, which is also basically only focusing on negatives and not really ever the positives. So focusing on, wow, my high register sucks rather than, hey, my mid register is actually beautiful. And the last one is should statements always feeling like you fail to live up to expectations of what you should do in a situation. Wow. <laughs> I think that one um, definitely explains it itself. I use me personally, I use many more should statements um, than I should. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> Yeah, um, on should statements, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this okay. <laughs> um, in a previous episode where I was talking about how if you're saying you should do something, you should just be doing that thing rather than saying you should be doing the thing. Like if it's something that actually matters to you, then do the thing. Don't say you should be doing it. Just do it. And then if you're making a should statement, reframe, is it actually worth doing that thing you're trying to say you should be doing? Yes. So next I wanted to get into some specific examples of our lives um, and how we've used reframing in the past. So Andre, do you want to start talking about reframing the pandemic? Because the pandemic kind of sucked, but it might not have been too bad. Yeah. Um, so I graduated 
into the pandemic. Um, literally, it started like uh, Michigan State shut down, I think May, not May, March 10th, March 11th, somewhere around there. Um, and then I graduated in May of 2020 into a pandemic. And it was tough. Um, you know, but on the positive side, I would say before the pandemic, I was already exercising, I was running, I was trying to eat right. And I felt like because the virus was going around, you, you know, you just heard about people, you know, passing away, all this kind of stuff happened. I ramped up my fitness, you know, I started running, running every other day. I started running sometimes three, four days in a row, you know, like I was always eating fruits and vegetables and taking vitamin D and all just everything, just trying to stay as healthy as I could, you know, so fitness, putting a large emphasis on that was a positive. I started my Andre Thacker music page, Facebook page, just to try to get my name out there and, you know, post, start posting videos. I think that I developed a different level of gratitude for family and friends and, you know, specifically my mom and dad, because I was able to see them every single day, you know, and live with them and be around them, you know, while so many people were losing uh, family members. And I would say the last thing, last positive was reevaluating re my life, my life trajectory, because my plan was to either become an adjunct or to take a year off and pursue my DMA. And actually I got into a, you know, a good school and got a graduate assistantship for my DMA, but I decided to pursue being a band director because I love teaching. I love kids. Yeah. I just, I just love music education. So all of those are positives for me that came out of the pandemic when there was just so much negativity around me and everyone else. All right. So my experience with the pandemic um, was also kind of similar where I, I mean, it started off like everything kind of shut down and I was just like, shoot, everything shut down and everything I was kind of looking forward to was kind of canceled. And now I'm just stuck at home. But I decided to reframe how I looked at it. And I was like, this is an opportunity for me to do all those things I said I could be doing, but I wasn't doing, or the things I said I should be doing and wasn't doing. So I decided to finally do them. So that was making sure I got a consistent exercise routine and creating an online presence. So with that, I created the COVID-19 Black All-Star 2B Phonium Ensemble, which Andre was a part of, where I arranged a bunch of pieces for this virtual group that I made. Um, I was not thinking and I did the arranging, I did the audio editing, I did the video editing and all the compiling. And that was kind of hell for me that entire summer, but I, I did it. And now like looking back on it, I'm like, wow, that was such a great career opportunity without thinking about that stress that I had to go through. But overall, I would say the pandemic Although there were a lot of negatives and things kind of shut down, I think it really helped me jumpstart my career and reframing to figure that out rather than being stuck on how some things didn't happen was really good for me.
So another example I have about reframing recently is with Serif Brass. And I went on an audition back in January. I mentioned that in one of my January episodes, but I was placed as the runner up in the first call sub. And at first I was just like, darn it, I'm the runner up. That means I'm not the, the actual person. However, after thinking about it more and reframing it, I realized, you know, as a first call sub, I still get to tour with the group. I still get to say that I'm a part of the group in some way. And I still get to have some of the benefits without being a full-time member where I have to make sure I'm doing all these tours while still trying to successfully get a DMA. So reframing that helped me get through it or not really get through it, just move past that um, since that result, because I do have two tours coming up soon in April, which I'm excited for. And I wouldn't have had those if I didn't get runner up. Yeah. And another example for me is working for Amazon. So when I graduated from MSU, again, into a pandemic, trying to find opportunities to to play and to teach was was very tough. And even the people that that were teaching, it was just different. It was all virtual, right? Um, but through working for Amazon, by the way, I was a delivery driver working uh, 10 to 12 hour shifts, four to five days a week, um, delivering three, 400 packages, 200 stops. Um, through doing that, I developed just another level of mental and physical strength um you know just doing a job that <laughs> you know i went to get my masters <laughs> in music you know and here i am i'm lifting boxes and delivering packages and running from dogs in some cases you know it's it was really really tough so just the mental and strength that i developed from that experience was um highly beneficial um and then the fact that as a musician throughout the pandemic, I had a steady job, you know, and, and with so many people losing their and struggling, losing family members, it was nice to have a steady income as a musician during that time. Um, and I would say likely it made me develop, even though I already appreciate and love music and music education, but I develop another level of appreciation for my craft and the fact that I do have a purpose and I have found that purpose. I just got to say like any, uh, anyone that has found their purpose in life, I think is doing pretty great. Like when you know what you're supposed to be doing with your life and you're doing it and you love it and you're good at it, it's just, it's nothing like it. And it's really something to be grateful for. So that Amazon experience taught me all of that. Yeah. Speaking on finding your purpose, episode 31, my interview with Khadija Craig, um, check that out. Cause that was all about finding your purpose and how to do that and everything. The next thing that I reframed recently is my experience with Peabody. Now, if you talk to Jazzy from a year ago and asked where she was going to go for her DMA, Peabody was the last on my list. <laughs> um, 
because there were some issues with communication that I was experiencing. And I was just like, I really don't like this school. Like, I'm not going to go there ever. The program is weird. And then I got the scholarship. So rather than just be kind of hung up on all the negative things that were happening during my application experience, I decided to focus on the positive about getting that scholarship and getting to study with the professor that I had really wanted to study with for all three degrees and it never worked out before because of finances. So reframing that and just focusing on the positive stuff rather than the fact that yes, the school is still a little bit antiquated and they're still very focused on the Bach, Beethoven, Mozart canon, but there's still change happening. Like there's a lot of musicians' health initiatives at Peabody, which most other schools aren't doing. And there's actually a hip hop ensemble. I'm not a part of it yet, but it's still a thing that the school is doing. And then there's also a whole dance program, which is cool. I mean, that's not directly related, but there's still just a lot of good happening at Peabody, even though there's a few negative things. Awesome. And then the last for me is reframing uh, my current job as a band director at Ham Middle School. You know, as a first year teacher, I have had my ups and downs. I learn every single day, but just focusing on the positive, the positives, the fact that I feel like I am having an influence on my students musically and then just from a character perspective. Like I try to show up every day. I try to dress nice and, you know, act like a person of character. And I do kind of see that rubbing off on my students and that brings me a lot of joy. And then musically, you know, like they, they practicing or, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll show different uh, videos like of the president or you know, or, or just different clips of professional groups, just to kind of get them listening and and um, and growing from that. So I feel like I'm being able to make a be a positive influence on them, helping them to teach me or teaching them music, and you know, also for me um, personally, I think Hamlet is a great place for me to find my way as a first year teacher there's not really a lot of there's not really a lot of um um there aren't a lot of eyes on me as i make mistakes and grow and i think that personally that's really good for me as a first year band director um and then having just amazing support from the principal assistant principal my academic advisor it's just been a great place for me to start my career as a band director Yeah. So if you're listening to us and you're just like, man, I need to reframe some things in my life, go find a therapist or just start working on it yourself. Just figure out how you can change your perspective on a situation and just look at things differently. Because like I always say, when things are going bad, not everything is really going bad. And when things are going good, maybe there's something that's not too great. So it's just something to think about. So with that, that concludes our portion or the information portion of this episode. So we like to move on to Roses, Buds, and Thorns, which is a segment I do to cultivate a level of authenticity and gratitude. Because like I just said, when things are going good, not everything's going all great. And then when things are going bad, there are some things to be grateful for. So a rose is something good that happened 
or bud is something that you're looking forward to and a thorn is something bad that happened. So I always like to start with thorns because ending on a positive note is a good thing. So Andre, what's your thorn this week? I would say my thorn this week and last week has been these gas prices that are just through the roof right now. Oh my God. I drive 45 minutes to work and then 45 minutes back. And I may have to start riding a bike or running. Let me just run the work, right? Wake up at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah. But yeah, my thorn is these gas prices. Wow. No, like ditto. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm the US feeling your pain right now. So, yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, you know it's bad when you're like, you see 414 and you're like, oh my God, that's such a great price. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was in Greensboro uh, over this weekend and I seen like 399. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, my thorn this week, I, I don't know. Was this my thorn last week? It might have been my thorn last week. Well, it's my thorn again because I still did the same thing. I gave myself a ton of work over my break. Um, I signed up to substitute for Orchids on two days of this break when I shouldn't have done that because it is a break and I should be enjoying my time. So my thorn this week is that. But hey, like I get to influence the kiddos. So that's something good to look into it. What's your rose, Andre? So my rose is on Tuesday of last week. I had 10 students participate in the Arts Alive or All County Band here in Richmond County. And, you know, I'm so proud of the 10 kids that did participate from Hamlet because, you know, first off, prior to this year, it's the first time in two years, two years, two and a half years that any of the kids in Richmond County have um, had band. Um, so we had three after school rehearsals to learn five songs uh, in six days total. And they pulled it together. So I'm really, really proud of them. Arts Alive turned out very, very well. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, my, my rose this week, I got to go... I went home this weekend back to Long Island and um, the Jubilee Singers, a group I sang with back in high school, was giving a concert in Carnegie Hall. So I decided to take my family and go see them. And I did get to see a few of my old friends um, from that group, which was really exciting because the group was pivotal um, in my experience at Ithaca College. It made me think of all my singing memories and just how much that that really did impact me. And then I remembered how I almost passed out during one performance too. And I was just like, that could have been me. What happened? Huh? I don't know what, what happened? happened. Like, I just was like, sing I was singing and then suddenly I felt lightheaded and I like stumbled out of the risers and then like had to sit down and people were like, what's going on? And everybody kind of oh stopped. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Glad you're okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm still living. I'm still here. Mm. Yeah. And then finally, wow. what about your, your bud? So my bud, actually, I have two things. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Jazzy on Friday of this week and then attending her recital on Saturday. 
Uh, really looking forward to that. It's been a while since we've seen each other. And I'm excited to hear to hear her play. Hmm. And also, you know, for a while, like I've been like I've been sitting down at the piano and just kind of creating little is I feel like my creative spirit is back in terms of doing that. And it's it's <laughs> um I haven't had it for about a year or two, I would say. Um because everything going on with the pandemic, but over the past couple of weeks, like I really feel like I'm, my creative spirit is back, and it feels nice. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, we did a cool joint improvisation. Oh, that was a month ago now. A month ago. Oh when my god! Yeah. Jesus. Um, that was fun. So go check that out if you can. Yeah, that was a spur of the moment thing. I mean, oh my gosh, Jazzy. <laughs> I mean, literally, it was just one take, right? It was just one take, spur of the moment thing. I played E flat major seven, B flat major seven, and you know, you created, you know, just kind of played up and down the B flat major scale. I mean, it was. I cannot tell you how many times I've listened to that or watched that video. Oh my gosh. And just the fact that it's just just one take just did it. I just man. I, I may listen to it again tonight. It's it's really, yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now my bud is um like Andre was saying, I have my recital and then he's coming up, and then my parents are coming up, even though I just saw them like two days ago. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get recital number three out of the way. Um, that means just two more real recitals to go after this one. And then a lecture recital that I don't want to think about right now. But I'm very much looking forward to having this recital and then being done with this recital so I can move forward with my life. Yeah, and with that, that concludes the episode overall. So thank you so much for listening. I apologize if you heard the background noise from either of us because I have my chinchillas running around here and then Andre has his roommates using their air fryer and whatnot. So, you know, <laughs> life can't be perfect. It's fine. It's whatever. But, you know, we, we, we still did the episode. We still did great. So please leave us a rating and review on Facebook, not Facebook, on Apple Podcasts when you have the chance or Spotify because I saw they have ratings now. And then tell your friends or family members about the show when you have the chance because every new listener is a new listener and we appreciate every single one of you. And then reach out if you have a question. My email is pigotjasmine at gmail.com and Andre is Andre Thacker Tuba at gmail.com. Yeah. So reach out to us. And I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at the Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram. And at my website, jasminepiggit.com. I'll see you next Thursday. What's so funny? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Jazzy. Yep. Hold on. <laughs>
what's going on? I, I kind of like her voice, like when she says recording in progress. I just never take it seriously, so it just makes me chuckle. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah.